Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. It is a pleasure once again to be in your company. I know that we are living in uh, unprecedented times at this moment, so hopefully the content that we're bringing you on TalkSport is keeping you going. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can do it on iTunes or you can do it via our website if you need an Android feed, TalkSport.com, and keep across all our social medias as well as we keep you up to date with everything that's going on uh, in the world of sport at this moment. Now, on Saturday night, um, obviously with no live sport, there wasn't anything really to look back at or look forward to, really. Uh, so I invited the boys from the Pound for Pound podcast to come and join me. Spencer Oliver, Jake Wood, we had a laugh for three hours. It was absolutely blind, and you can hear most of it on this podcast now. But first of all, we talked and started the show off with the serious matter of coronavirus and how it's affecting boxing. Normally, we would be sat in our studio in London. None of us are there. None yeah. of us are in that yeah. studio at this moment in time. I'm in my basement. Where are you boys? <laughs> where are you boys? At? In 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 a studio I've got at home, Adam, where we record the uh, the podcast from. It's a box, and let me just paint a picture for you. It's four foot by four foot. Uh, so I'm sat here next to Spencer Oliver. I mean, this social distancing is not happening. It's not happening here. I'll tell you that. Now, well, with all due respect, will you two spend that much time together? <laughs> I, I think social distancing for you two is irrelevant. Keep you both in the same room at the same time. Listen, Adam, I'm virtually sitting on Jake's lap as we speak, mate. Yeah, we're back in the box. Um, but yeah, just couldn't give up this opportunity, mate. We're really looking forward to tonight. Well, we've got uh, an action-packed show, loads of top guests coming on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be speaking to uh, Frank Warren and De- Dennis Hobson from the World of Promoting, two guys at the different ends, uh, spectrum-wise, of uh, the World of Promotion and how uh, the coronavirus has obviously affected them. We'll be speaking to them in the next half an hour or so. Uh, Joshua Boatsy is going to be joining us. Dillian White will be here as well. What? And uh, Liam Williams uh, will be on the show. <laughs> and I'm led, boys, I'm led to believe that you've got a little bit of... Uh, you're going to bring a little bit of pound for pound to the final hour of the show with, uh, with a guest that hopefully... 
I know he's, he's sung for you previously, but mm. we might get an encore from Mr. Frotch later on. I what don't we know. Saying? Don't hold your breath, Adam. We spoke to... Well, we had Cole on the on the podcast this week singing a... What was he singing? Hank Williams, was he? No, he was singing a Johnny Cash song. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash song. Um, we pull it to him, actually, this afternoon. And the guitar. He plays guitar and sings, Adam. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> but, but this gets better. This gets better. So we pull it to him this afternoon. We yeah. rang him up and he said, you know what? Yeah, I think... Let me think of a song. Let me think of a different song that I can sing out there. Actually, hold on a minute. This is national radio. No, I <laughs> yeah. don't know if I'm going to do it. So, no, we need it. So, well, we need listen, it, yeah. I told him, you know, there's people that need cheering up. We've got, you know, we, we've got serious issues going on at the moment and we need Cole Frotch <laughs> to give us a Johnny Cash number. Listen, and I know, anything I, could happen. 10, 10 o'clock, Cole Frotch. So, uh, yeah, let's, maybe we'll tweet him. Let's everyone tweet him listening to the show and, and yeah, tell him, it. tell him it. we yeah. need, we need a song. Yeah. This we is the concert. Song. This is the concert that nobody thought that they needed, but they need it tonight. And Absolutely. if you can get on, get on to Carl now on his social media streams, let him know. <laughs> Ten o'clock, you need, we need, we need him to bring the house down. That's what yeah, we need. That's exactly uh, so get in contact with him right now. Yeah. Um, uh, now, just uh, before we get on to uh, laughing and joking and what have you, let's talk about the serious aspects of, uh, of how the virus has uh, affected our sport that we all love. Uh, we have learned over the last seven days that uh, a few uh, bills have been pulled because of uh, what the Boxing Border Control have said. So we, at this moment. April 11th, Dubois Joyce is off. It's been moved to July the 11th. That's a date that has been reset. Fingers crossed, everything cleared. So we do get that fight because it's a super fight and everybody wants to see it. Over in the States, Regis Progress and Maurice Hooker. Uh, that's been postponed, no date for the rearrangement as of yet. Same with Noya Nui against John Riel Casemiro. Uh, Josh Taylor on May the 2nd against Aspen Kong Song, which is his IBF. Uh, mandatory defence, no date as of yet, but that one's been postponed. And the fight that was never announced, but has been postponed anyway, uh, Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders on that same date. Fights that are still going ahead at this moment, I mean, they are subject to change, according to Eddie Hearn. Dillian White, we'll speak to him a little bit later on against Alexander Povetkin. Lee Selby against George Campbell Jr. We've got Jose Ramirez and Victor Posto, Clarissa Shields, uh, Marie de Kerr and uh, Nordin Ubali and uh, uh, Nanita Denevo. Obviously, we know about Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev and Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisori later on, and we haven't heard anything as of yet uh, for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder 3. Boys, it is a bit of a mess at the moment. I find it quite difficult when you see on social media uh, promoters talking about fights and what have you. I find it quite hard to get excited at this moment because they're, they're talking about debts. For example, we saw Canelo and Triple G talking this week, didn't we, which might then affect the Billy Joe Saunders fight. And it just gets me down a little bit because I can't... The talk of that fight, normally I'd be on the edge of my seat absolutely pumped for it, getting ready to rock and roll, but... I can't see the the wood for the trees at the moment. I can't yeah. see the light on the horizon. I don't know where you boys are at with, with, with all that type well, of thing. Well, I think you're right, Adam. I mean, the reality of the situation is, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned the that they have got dates for fights. Uh, the first one sort of that's scheduled is May the 2nd, Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. Now, mm. to my money as well, May the 2nd, that seems mm. very, very ambitious. I mean, the British Boxing Border Control uh, announced on Tuesday, didn't they, that all shows will be cancelled until further notice. And I think, Adam, they're going to review that regulation at the start of April. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's you... for public shows, that. That's, that's for shows in front of a crowd, isn't it? At, sure. I think they're reviewing things that can go behind closed doors and that's where I think we're at with that show at this moment which should be Whether a shame we don't, want it, we don't want it behind closed doors that, that fight deserves a, a crowd surely mm. well the, the problem we've got with that as well Adam they, they, they were talking about possibly doing these shows behind closed doors the, the, the problem we've got is obviously the NHS is you know 
snacks yes. at the moment. And, and, and like, so we need to get an ambulance service there. You need doctors on site. That's your big problem. And that's where I think the problem lies. I think they would go ahead and do them behind closed doors if necessary. But we've got to have all the medical staff and, 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 and the ambulances and stuff on site. And I think that's where your big problem lies. I mean, May the 2nd, Dillian White is very doubtful, as is Derek Jezora, May the 23rd. Um, against Alexander Usyk. So, yeah, these fights have not been announced as off yet, but I believe that we will be he- hearing something, you know, in the in the next week or so. I'm glad you brought that up, Spence, because that's the key thing. We're all fight fans and we're clambering to see fights. Of course we are. And we know full well that, say, Matchroom put that event on, on on May the 2nd. The fighters and everybody there, they will, they will go to the nth degree to make sure that everybody's safe on that particular night. But it's ex- exactly what you just said there, Spencer. Mm. They're going to have to require to have a, a, a boatload of medical people on site that particular night that mm. could be being used somewhere else to tackle, obviously, this sure. virus that's uh, ravaging the world at the moment. Well, I think it's the speed of the, the, the virus seems to be multiplying at the moment. That's the problem we've got. Um, it's spreading like wildfire. It really is. We're hearing about new cases every single day. Um, you know, and this is globally, by the way, as well. You know, it's not just in this country, but this country seems to be increasing more rapidly than than other countries. So, you know, the NHS um, NHS staff they, they've they've even employed. Um, Ex ex workers, retired people, yeah, they're asking and people to come back. They're asking they? yeah. people to come back. So you know, this is a massive issue that we've got. So that's that's where the problem lies with these with these upcoming shows. I mean, I'm not really sure. I don't know what you feel about this, Jake or Adam, but I'm really not sure that any shows will go ahead. Even up to Anthony Joshua was scheduled for June the 20th. Eddie Hearn was. Uh, as quoted earlier in the week, that they was even looking to switch that to July the 25th. I'm not even sure that that will happen. I think that, you know, we've got a, a huge problem these sorting out here and, and the un, um, the unseen future of boxing at the moment is, is in doubt because, uh, because of this situation. Following that, we spoke to a fighter that was affected by the coronavirus and his upcoming fight being called off. He was due out next weekend. The one and only Mr. Joshua Boazzi. He joined us on the show for a bit of a chat. Obviously, slightly disappointed that we're not going to be getting to see you uh, fighting next week. It is weird times all around the world. Talk to me about, um, obviously, preparing yourself for the best part of 10 to 12 weeks, getting ready for an absolute monster fight next week on the Avedesi and Kelly card, and then for it all to uh, fall flat. Yeah, um, you know, like, I feel like it's a world thing. There's not an individual to blame or there's not a team to blame or there's not a person to blame. Um, It's something that's beyond human nature, so it's something that's happened. There's nothing I can do about it, but... Like you said, man, I've spent weeks in camp um, really getting in shape for this one. Um, a lot of weeks, man, um, just grafting with the hopes that this was going to happen. And then, um, you know, events went from being um, behind closed doors, which I thought, OK, that's still OK. You want an atmosphere, you want a crowd and everything, but I thought at least I'm going to get to fight, you know what I'm saying? And then from going to closed doors to actually being cancelled as a whole... Um, yeah, very disheartening, man. But like I said, there's not a person to blame. So I've kind of just accepted it that it is what it is. From spending time with you in the past, I knew that I knew that this would be your attitude. I really did. Because there's the physical as- aspect of this game where you we put your body through hell throughout, like you said, through your fight camp and then obviously put it through hell when you're in the ring. But there'll be a lot of fighters that have had fights fall off 
um, whether it be financial worries or whether it just be the, 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 the need to fight, they won't be able to deal with it from a, from a mental aspect. Do you think your faith, because you're a, a, a man of extreme faith, do you think that has helped you process this uh, particular moment? Sir, Adam, can you repeat the last bit again, please? I was just asking whether your faith, because you're a man of God, I was just wondering whether your faith has helped you process this moment. Because for a lot of fighters, it's a mental challenge, this. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think you know, the team around me have said, look, man, this is nothing. Like I said, they've said it's no one's fault. Um, I know that Matchroom were really eager to kind of make this happen behind closed doors. Um, that was like, they were looking to go at all extreme measures to make that happen. But, you know, when the government steps in and says, listen, as everything is locked off, then it's like there's nothing much that they can do. Um, and you're right, man, there's fighters that are expecting an income, um, fighters that are depending on, you know, their next purse to kind of survive and to live. Um, so, you know, as athletes, as an all-rounder, man, it's, it's not um, a positive time for us. But again, man, you can't pinpoint anyone for it. Um, it's something that the whole world is experiencing. So I don't want to just categorize myself and think or, or feel sorry for myself because... It's like everyone is experiencing it. So, you know, what, what, why should I be waving a red flag just on my own? Do you know what I mean? So I feel like everyone is experiencing it. Um, and, and, you know, when things get better, we'll, the ball will be back to rolling and, you know, we can get on the first show as soon as possible. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, Jake Wood here, mate. How are you? Yes, Jake. What's good, man? Yeah, but what's it? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's it? You, know, you know, I was just waiting for that when yeah. I heard you expect on the programme. <laughs> How are you, bro? Spencer as well. You well? What's good, Spencer? Yeah, I'm not bad yourself. Yeah, good, mate. Listen, good. I've just got to qualify that. Um, whenever we get you on, whenever we talk about you on the on the podcast, uh, Josh, yeah, we always we always say your name in that way. So uh... it's a must, man. You have to. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone sort of like that's gone sort of viral I as think, well, isn't it? It's so, like yeah. people people saying it all over the place. We had videos <laughs> videos put out everywhere. Everyone's loving it. <laughs> Listen, Josh, good, Josh, I was just going to ask you a question about. Um, uh, obviously, it's a crazy situation. We don't know how long it's going to continue. Are you worried about inactivity? Um, as we know, your last fight was against Ryan Ford back in August. Uh, you know, if this potentially goes on for a few more months, we're looking maybe a, a year out of the ring. Does that does that worry you? And then I suppose I've got a second part of that question: is what what are you doing, mate, to to stay fit, to you know, look after yourself in the meantime? Yeah, you know, they say that a fighter being inactive inactive is the worst killer for them. Do you know what I mean? Um, but for me, I think leading up to this fight, I had um, sort of like a gym bout, I think about three weeks ago. Mm. So it wasn't obviously a fight, but it felt like a fight. There was a referee and everything. Um, I've been grafting, man, working with the boys in Sheffield. They prepared for the list of qualifiers. So it was like they were in peak condition. Um, and all I was trying to do was to keep up with them. So um, in terms of that, I prepared as much um, as, much as I could. Um and as of now, because of the, the current situation, I trained all the way up to yesterday. Um, the weekends are usually my rest day, so today is a day off. Tomorrow will be another day off. And uh, Monday is just about running outside and finding exercises to do within the house. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I think this whole thing is not going to stop anyone that really wants to train from training. So I'll be out there. I'll be doing my long runs um, and just adding circuits, home-based or even outside in a park or the field or wherever it is. Um, you can always exercise. I feel that's that's my opinion. Wherever you are, you can always find something to do. Mm. Yes, yeah. and and Josh, do you find it difficult to stay motivated? You know, with no 
no immediate future to the sport as, as as we speak. We don't really know, you know, how long this is this is going to take to clear up. Do you find that difficult to stay motivated training every day with with no set date? Um, no, well, I think with that, I think you have to kind of alter your sessions and what you're doing in training. Right now, it's not going to be about grafting. It's going to be about improving the craft. Mm. So that keeps me interested, learning different things, trying different things, inspiring. It's not going to be a shootout. I'm going to be trying to work on different things. Um, when you get a date, then you kind of move into second gear, third gear, fourth gear, etc. But I think for now, it's just about taking over. Um, not grafting because I'm also aware that you can go still. You know, if, you, if you're grafting now and then you get a date and you've got to do another six to eight weeks, it's like your body's going to be done. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to equally rest as much as I prepare because remember, I would have been fighting next weekend. Mm. So it's like I'm a week away from the fight. So I've, I've kind of positioned myself to peak within next week. So it's just about just changing the levels and just maintaining Josh, um, Eddie in the week um, has mentioned your name alongside another British light heavyweight. We know that Callum Johnson's fighting for the European title uh, pretty soon and he uh, has desires to maybe pit you two against each other by the back end of the year for that trinket. Is that something that appeals to you? Yeah, man. He, he said that a few times and, and I think even for myself um, and Johnson, I, I've made it clear that it's something that I'm open to and I'm sure he's made it clear as well. Um, yeah. A European title you know, added to the titles that I've got for me, it's appetising. I'll be more than open to that. Um, I'm sure if both teams agree and everything is set, I'm sure it will happen. Um, but yeah, man, as always, I'm wishing them all the best um, whenever that fight happens. hope he handles business and if we get an, if we get on at the end of the year, then so be it. And John, Sorry, Josh, yeah, so um, you're widely considered as the best prospect in the world, um, not just by people from this country, but people abroad as well, you know, there's, everybody thinks you're an immense talent. How quickly do you think you could move on to a world title? Now, you're, you're currently 12 and over 10 KOs, um, so you've not had particularly a lot of experience. You didn't have a big, big amateur experience either. How quickly do you think you can go on to box for a world title? Do you know what, Spurs? I think it's mad because I thought you're the only guy that's probably said that. I haven't had a lot of amateur experience. I think because I won the Olympic medal, people assumed that I did. Mm. Um, but like I said, man, I was on the team just for two years um, and it was a quick in and out, quick turnover. Um, and from what I've noticed, pro boxing is it's a, it's, it's a different ball game, man, as you know yourself. So I feel like for me as a fighter and for most fighters, as long as I would the, the people we trust in, which is the trainer or the manager, as long as they say, okay, you're ready for this guy or you're ready for this title, go for it, then we'll always go for it, man, because it's two hands and two legs at the end of the day. Mm, so sure. as long as my trainer who's seeing what I'm doing in the gym says, you know what, you've learned, you know, what you need to learn, then I'll be like, cool, let's go. Um, and that's what it's like with most of my fights. I don't really say, oh, yeah, I want to fight him or I don't want to fight him. More time I'm like, I say to my trainer, you pick who it is, and then we just go with it. Like, sure. we don't need to go back and forth. Just choose the opponent. If you think they're going to teach me something, then we rock and roll. So th there's not, it's not, there's not much to say about it, really. I feel, you know, long as the trusted people that I've got in place are like, Bretzi, it's your time now, you're ready. Then I'm like, cool, let's rock and roll. Josh, I was uh, speaking to David Alorca about you recently, mate, and uh, you boys had a little bit of a trip out to Ghana uh, at the start yeah, of the year, didn't you? Man. 
Yeah, yeah it looked man. like you were enjoying yourself a little bit too much. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I can tell that you were out of camp at the time, yeah. Um, but as, as well as obviously enjoying yourself on that trip, you took a little bit of a trip into uh, Jamestown and various things like that and saw some of the kids out and about. What was that trip like? Yeah, no, it was good. It was good, Adam. Um, it was amazing just to see, you know, people don't, they don't have the things that we have in this country, but they're making it work. They're working with it. And, and, and what I've seen is that as long as you have life, there's hope. You know what I'm saying? They may be in a system where they can't get out, but they're alive, they're living, they're breathing, and they've got hope. So um, when I look at my situation, I think I've got nothing to be hopeless about. I've got everything to be hopeful for. Um, so it's just motivating and inspirational to just see what they're working with. Um, funny enough, I spoke to one of the boys today as well, man. Um, he was just saying, you know, champ, I hope you're good. Um, the virus has kind of stopped everything, but I hope you're staying motivated and working hard. And it was good to hear from him, do you know what I mean? So that, that was quite a nice experience for me, um, a good reminder. And um, yeah, it was amazing to see, man. It's not just fighters that are affected by this coronavirus outbreak. It is, of course, the promoters. Dennis Hobson has gone back to the small halls. How is it affecting him? This is what he had to say. Dennis, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Hey, good evening. Uh, yeah, all good, pal. Stuck at home with my kids and my missus, but we're making Telling the most you. of it. I've had Telling a couple you. of whiskeys already, so if I start slurring, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll be able to comprehend what I'm saying. Brilliant. Top man. Now, How are you doing, you... Dennis? I'm good, Spencer. Uh, I'm... I was looking forward to hearing from you, pal. It's great to hear from you. Yeah, uh, always, it's a shame mate. Answer, but we don't... I need to see you again because you yeah. always put a smile on my face. One hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. And don't don't make that sound like such a chore being at home with your missus and your kids. Listen, this I've only got married in January, so like, <laughs> I reckon, they reckon that there's uh, there's going to be a few divorces after this little stint of us all being stuck up in the same roof and the same house for a long stint. Hey, so, uh, you must still be on the honeymoon period, uh, Dennis. Uh, we we we've been together 18 years, but we we decided to get married uh, um, just over two years ago, and oh, we got beautiful. married 12, just over 12 months ago. So um, yeah, it's always a honeymoon period for, for my missus with me, obviously. <laughs> Said the right thing there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, well saved, well saved, mate. Yeah, uh, you had you had a show booked uh, for next weekend, Dennis. Um, obviously, which is I now uh, no longer going ahead in Sheffield. Talk to me about. Um, promoters that rely on gate receipts um, as part of the, the the major part of their business, and how this is affecting you, and, and, and with us not knowing when this is going to end, how does it affect yeah, your promotional company? The, the um, yeah, as Spencer will tell you, I've I've, I've um, I started in when I had Clinton Woods. I started in a in a, in a garage uh, managing and training and then promoting with Clinton Woods, and obviously we reached we reached the pinnacle. So I know what it's like. To, do stuff from the bottom and then I ended up uh, promoting, promoting Ricky Arn and took Ricky home up in America with him but uh, so I, I so I've gone back to the small old shows and I've been building kids up and uh, the, the kid I've been building up to get onto the world scene is a kid called Tommy Frank who's a very popular kid undefeated uh, flyweight from, from Sheffield mm. so when you're promoting these kids, you're and, and if you haven't got the Sky contract, you haven't got the Zone contract, or you haven't got a BT contract, yeah. you, you 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 rely heavily on the ticket sales. Um, yeah, you rely. I've got, I've, got, I've got numerous businesses where I'm involved in, and you pull favors into promote to to sponsor and advertise with you. But when you get onto the world scene, and I'm still trying to get kid this kid Tommy Frank, who's not an Olympian. 
to fight for a world title. So we're self-funding all this. Um, so then this virus comes out of nowhere and you're thinking, are we going to make it? Is it going to get pulled off? We've, we've, we've booked flights for the Mexican, who's the, who's the world champion. Uh, we've booked We've booked hotels. We've 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 uh, initiated. We've got sanction fees to pay. We've got we've booked uh, obviously the ring and, the, and and all the medics and then the security and put deposits down on the venue and then the printing and all the people I've got in my office going out and trying to and we've got a social media and we're putting press releases out there. So it's you know there's, there's quite a lot to putting even even at our level. Even though I haven't got like yeah. I'm not I'm not. I'm not talking about Joshua and and Fury here. I'm talking about somebody who's a flyweight, but it's all relative. And when you haven't got the the pay-per-view sort of machine behind you, obviously a lot of it is is like we're taking a punt and it's all going to come out of our pocket and my pocket. And Mm. it's what I've done all my life, to be honest, most of my life, should I say. But it's what we do. And, Mm. uh, you you, you know, Spencer will get this. When... When I, if I'm putting something on and I think I've dropped a goulet, then I'll beat myself up about it. But if I'm snowed in and there's been a snow blizzard, there's nothing I can do, is there? Sure. So I haven't done yeah. anything wrong. I'm, it just means, and this is how I, 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 I try and keep positive about it. I've not done anything wrong. I've not dropped a goulet. I've not yeah. done anything wrong. I'm still promoting this, but further down the line, I'm going to get this fight on again. So I dust myself down. I've lost a few quid, but I'll go again. Mm. Talk to me. Where's, where's Tommy's head at? Because obviously he's he's due to fight Maximino uh, Maxi next weekend for the title mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we all know if fighters don't fight, they don't get paid. You know, and at, at, at the right. level that he's at at this moment in time, he's not a multimillionaire as of yet. That's Fingers right. crossed that happens to him one day. <coughs> so where's he at at this moment? Is he thinking to himself, well, mate, where am I going to get paid next? When I kind of pay me mortgage and me rent and all that type of stuff? Where where's he at? Well, fortunately, he, he, he's got one or two nice little sponsors, but they, they, they don't earn a fortune. Um, and and uh, obviously, these these paydays, what he's what he's getting, and I'm trying to, and he's and he's the kid. The kid is fortunately, I'm working with with a, a fella who's who gets it. He knows how to fight, but he gets it the other side. When you talk to him, and he's sitting down and say, "Look, we've got to be reasonable here. I'm going to get you this world title fight. You're going to get a payday." But you're not going to get a big payday. We've mm. got to get all this title, yeah. and then I'm going to then your paydays will come. So obviously he's looking forward to these paydays. But when they don't come, he's yeah. probably thinking, "Hold on a minute, I got uh, I got my mortgage to pay. I've got our last who of I want course. to take on holiday, and I'm blah 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 blah. I'm going to even though it's not a big payday, he's he's he's, he's looking forward to these paydays, mm. um, and he's worked very hard, sacrificed, not gone out, not eaten. A load of rubbish is a is a cool ultimate professional is, is Tommy Frank. So obviously he's going to hit that kid hard. Uh, he, not just him, you know the kids that on the undercard who's yeah. up and coming, you know, and then like Nathan Oy and and, uh, and and one or two of the kids who, who's on the undercard. So they, they're all trying to get where Tommy's trying to get, oh. and uh, so they've they've all got the disappointment. It's not like being a footballer when you play. When you get to a contract and you've yeah. got the agent saying, "Oh, by the way, if you're not, if he's injured, he gets paid. If he's, if if he's not, if he doesn't play on the Saturday, he's still getting paid." So there's still a lot of money that's got to be uh, uh, paid to the footballers. As a fighter, mm. unless they fight, they don't get paid. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Dennis, because not a lot of people would, would know that. A lot of people have been asking me recently, actually, you know, since we, mm. since we've had this virus come around, like, and all these shows getting yeah. cancelled, and people saying to me, well, do, "Do the fighters still get paid?" No, they don't still get paid. And 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 right, you're right, Dennis, as well. Someone like Frank, who's just on the verge of sort of earning good money, and he needs to win the mm. title to then go on and win good money. So he, he, you know, he can see the finish line if you like, and it's all been taken away from him. It's very difficult, you know, not just not just physically with what he's been through to get to this stage, but mentally as well. And this is this is the concerning thing for some of these fighters as well, because you're right, they have got mortgages to pay and they've got they've got mouths yeah. to feed. And, 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 you know, everything's come to a standstill for the boxers. So I really feel sorry for them. You know, there's a lot of people out there that think, you know, they, they, they know the Tyson Furies and they know the Anthony Joshuas yeah. and Dillian Whites yeah. and, they, and, and, and they see the big figures that are being mentioned. But... Not a lot of people know that these kids that they they rely on each fight to earn that money to go on to get onto the next fight and try and move themselves up the ladder. And when something like this happens, it, it you know it's disastrous for them, isn't it? Yeah, and no, I'm I'm glad you're on the show anyway, Spencer, because you get it, and mm. uh, you know what boxing's like, Spencer. You get some. There's only a very small percentage of the guys at the top, and oh, in 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 the great in Great Britain, the UK. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you, in history we, we we're at the top of the tree. Let's be honest. We're the sure. mecca of boxing, sure. and and everybody's looking at us because we've got the heavyweight champions. Um, but still, that's a very very small percentage. You go down the tree, mm. you go down the pyramid system, and then you go. Hold on a minute. Well, surely he's getting a few. They're not. They're getting peanuts now. Sure. We're as promoters. We're we're chucking a few quid in to get these kids. Hopefully into the limelight where they can get it. And if you, when you get to be a pay-per-view fighter, yeah, you can earn some good money. But other than that, mm. the, the, the money's not fantastic, Spencer. You'll know this. Sure. And it, it's, it's, it's a tough business. And what's the toughest business in the world? It's mm. our business, the boxing business. You know, sure. and, and you ain't got 11. To, I, I played football semi-pro all my life, just about. Yeah, I had mm. one or two amateur fights. The loneliest place... Is to be in a boxing ring. Well, if you're having a, if, if your touch is not on, or you're feeling a bit under the weather on a football pitch, you've got nine, ten other kids to rely on. Mm. In a in a boxing ring, you've only got yourself to rely on, and it, and you get shown up if you're not up for it. So you quickly, you have a bad, you have a bad day at the office. You're back down, you're back down at the bottom of the tree almost. Mm. So it's it's, it's it's a tough, tough business. You've got to sacrifice so much while your pals are going out boozing and they've got girlfriends and this, that and the other. And then when something like this happens to Tommy Frank, that, hold on a minute, love, I, I can't take... Um, uh, yeah, I know we've been out for, for, for... Sorry, I've been training for the last nine or ten weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can have a wee wee, but then I'm back on it again. So, it's you know, it affects not just him. Mm. He's got a relationship with his missus. All his family, they've all got to be so supportive of that kid because mm. if they say, "Oh, come on, I want to, I want to, have a, I want to go out, I want to have a better," he can't. They've mm. got to support that kid, and it's and that kid's working for peanuts at the moment. Yeah. Working uh, for peanuts, yeah. he's trying to trying to get at the top of the tree, and he's just one kid. Mm. Yeah, De Dennis Jake, Jake Wood here, mate. Listen, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that actually about the not making any money for winning titles, because that's a really pertinent point, isn't it? Because it's not actually winning the titles; it's not until you start to make defenses that you actually start to make any any money in the sport. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure that people realise that. Just getting the belt yeah. around you is 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 not the end of the 
the end of the road in some ways it's the beginning of a career mm. isn't it? the beginning of a chance to make money um yeah i think it's a really good point you made listen i'm not i hope i'm not talking out of uh, out of turn but what sort of figure would Tommy Frank have been on for that fight? I don't want to know exact, exactly, but just give give the listeners kind of an, an, an idea. We haven't seen a figure yet. He, he won't have been on a fortune. He's just trying to get there. Mm. We had to pay the Mexican decent money to get him over here to defend against Tommy Frank. Mm. And like I keep saying, I'm relating to Spencer, because not just because he's been pal, but because he knows the business inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Is, you've got to pay the champion if the champion's going to come out in his own backyard mm. you've got to pay good money mm. so to get tommy the, like i did with jimmy mcdonald when we when, when we fought in, uh, in in doncaster we had to pay the mexican a lot of money to come over here to fight mm. for the ibf we're paying this this mexican good money to come and defend his title against mm. tommy frank now tommy he gets it he knows he's not going to get a, a fortune mm. but if he gets hold of that title there's, there's the um the uh, Sonny Edwards type fights and, mm, and yeah. people like that who's a little bit more recognised than than um, than what um, than what um, than what Tommy is. Yeah. But the, the the job I've done with him is we're trying to get him recognised. I've got uh, Chris Wilder who's the Sheffield United manager and he's mm. a massive Sheffield United fan. Is Tommy? Um, he's got all the Sheffield United team. Now I'm trying to do a job like. Man City did with uh, with Ricky. Ricky on a, on, I'm not saying he can ever be as big as Ricky, but that's it. He's relative. He's such a popular kid in Sheffield, but because he's a flyweight, you get you get projected to the to the front of the queue to fight for a world title a bit quicker because there's not many flyweights in this world, yeah, and obviously there's not many flyweights in 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 the UK. So I'm trying to balance it all out. We find this Mexican, but to give the kid a chance and make him as popular as possible, build his brand as big as we can mm-hmm. in Sheffield, then obviously in the UK because he's such a, an articulate lad. He's great to talk to, and I'm sure at some stage you're going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got to win the world title, but it's all a progress. And we've just, look, without being blase about it, we've just had a bit of a blip. Mm, yeah, which is yeah. quite a big blip because, you know, it's, it's surreal, the world we're living in. And at the moment, it's like being in a movie. But that kid's life being put on hold, he don't know where his next penny's going to come from yet. He's got one or two spen- um, uh, sponsors. and uh, But, you know, he, he's, he's, he's realistic. He, he talks to me and said, look, we're all in the same boat, Dennis. Uh, as long as I'm getting that world title, I'm happy. Mm. I says. Tommy, don't. One thing I will promise you, he was he he's he nailed on. Your world title is nailed on. Whether it's July, September, October, that fight will take place. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From the small halls to the big pay-per-view shows, Frank Warren joined us to give his perspective as well to this current outbreak and how it's affecting the big shows. You've seen everything in, in the world of uh, uh, sport and in the world of boxing during your uh, years as a promoter. You've probably never come across anything like this. How's it affecting uh, the business and how do you plan for the future, not knowing an end date to it? Well, I think you can't answer either, really. I mean, how's it affecting everybody? There's just nothing happening. and uh, But that's the same with everybody. I mean, every in all walks of life, it's just... Uh, it's, it's 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 terribly distressing for families. People worry about their jobs and so forth. And uh, obviously, it's the same with boxing. Um, boxers only get paid when they get in the ring. They don't get they don't get salaries or anything. That's the way it works. And uh, same as ourselves as promoters. So um, we you know we only get paid on results. So there's nothing happening at the moment. So it's pretty flat. And uh, as for the future. Who knows? I mean, you know, you need a crystal ball. You hear so many yeah. different stories. And, you know, the uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, Boris Johnson was saying that it should peak after 12 weeks. They'll be on top of it. I think that'd be a result if that does happen. Uh, personally, I think it's going to take longer, but I hope I'm wrong. Mm. Um, we saw last night, I don't know if you caught this, Frank, and, and boys, I don't know if you caught this, Cage Warriors um, and Mixed Martial Arts uh, franchise put an event on in Manchester. It was all behind closed doors, but it went ahead uh, last night. And again, it split this. It split opinion uh, all over the the fight sports world as to whether it should have gone ahead or whether it shouldn't have gone ahead. Frank, you had a show scheduled for April eleventh, Dubois versus Joyce. Now that was on pay per view and wouldn't necessarily rely too well. It would rely obviously on gate receipts, of course it would. You want fans in the arena, of course. But was there ever a thought in your mind to be able to put that on behind closed doors, or was it automatically in your head? No, we're not doing it behind closed doors. I'm going to move the event. Well, we did thought about, we did think about it for a while, but the problem the problem was it's such a big fight and it deserves it deserves a big live audience. Yeah, you know, you put it on behind closed doors, you're not going to generate the the atmosphere that you need and what what would be created by a fight like that. You know, I think putting some fights on behind closed doors make a lot of sense because obviously the guys, especially you know the, the guys at the top of the bill, most of those fellas are pretty okay financially mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, the guys who are sort of on the undercards and further down the bill, they're the ones obviously are going to struggle more. So to put some smaller shows on, maybe in those type of environments, may work. But the problems you have, you've got to find find the medical staff. You know, you've got to get yeah. the ambulances there. You've got to get all these things. At the moment, that's been the problem. You know, mm. it's not like Boris Johnson uh, up until a few days ago hadn't banned any large gatherings, which meant you could go ahead from a show. The problem was you couldn't use the emergency services. Mm. So God forbid any accidents happened or anything happened to a boxer or any any um, any of the, the audience, you, you, you wouldn't have the cover there and wouldn't have the insurance. And obviously, you couldn't take that risk. Sure. 
So yeah. I don't. I, I, it may happen. I don't know. It, I think everything's too soon to be, um, you know, making these decisions. So I, I, I didn't know that they actually put something on. How did it go at the end of the day? Yeah. The, the, look, look. Listen, the event was all right, and fingers crossed everybody comes away from it, not obviously passing on coronavirus, and uh, and, and nobody was affected off the back of, like you've just said, they needed to have medical staff in attendance last night just in oh. case fighters got injured or whatever it may be, but I'm led to believe everything went swimmingly. Watching it this morning, I didn't watch it last night because I was on the radio, but watching it this morning, you're right, big fights need... Fight, fighters feed off the energy of the crowd, you know? Mm. I mean, I watched something from the UFC last week and the first nine fights, which is unheard of in mixed martial arts, all went to a decision because the fighters weren't... They had nothing to react to because there was no oohs and ahs and screams and shouts of the, of the crowd. That energy, that adrenaline in the arena is vital, I think, for, for our sport. Well, it's the old story, isn't it? You know, sport, you have to watch it live and, uh, you know, no lot. Obviously, you've got massive TV audiences, but you do need that. You do need that atmosphere there for for the for the huge events. Um, uh, you know, I I, I I mean, obviously, I didn't I didn't see it, and, I, and I'd like to I'd be quite interested to see what medical coverage they had there. But um, it's you know something weird. A sport can't take chances. You know, boxing is probably the most dangerous sport out of all of them, and Spencer knows better than anybody, unfortunately. But you know, we just can't take any chances, and it's it's, it's you know it's not fair to take chances with. Uh, with the boxers, and and the only way, as I say, you can do this is provided you've got the adequate medical care there. Despite the fact that you've got to get, you know, you've got you, you you know you've got to try and get some atmosphere going. Sure. Yeah, I think the problem we've got, Frank, as well, with this medical uh, situation, we're getting the medical staff and, and whatnot at at these boxing fights because they're talking about maybe doing those ones. You know, maybe made a second. Dillian White's not been cancelled yet. Twenty third's not been cancelled either. The other box office show on Sky. Um, and, and yeah, they're talking. They're talking about possibly doing them behind closed doors. But I just believe the way this virus is spreading, and that, you know the numbers are multiplying every single day. I think it's going to take longer than twelve weeks. I really do to to get a grip on this because I think the, there's so many uncertainties at the moment. And um, yeah, the, the 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 immediate future of boxing at the moment. You know, it, it could go as late, couldn't it, as as past the summer into September, somewhere around that sort of time. Well, it doesn't look like the kids are going to go back to school till September, and, not, and obviously, you know, the big worry is with the kids is that they pass on the virus to to, to, like, to my age group, all the sure. older people. So that's 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 part of the concern. And uh, I know Jake's Jake's um, Jake's kids go to the same school as um, as, as uh, my son George's boys, yeah. and I know that you know they've shut they've shut they've shut down now, and uh, and the, none, none, you know, unfortunately, none of this. Um, you know, you can't take any chances. There's just no chances you can take, mm-hmm. and it's and, and it is. This is something they don't have a vaccine for at the moment. So everybody's got to be ultra careful until they mm-hmm. actually do get something that can get it under control. I'm sure yeah, they will. Sure. At the end of the day, like all viruses, they manage to to find something to stop it. But it's it's time, and in the meantime, you know, it, it's devastating populations, and sure. and it, and it is the uh, you know 90 percent of it is people in in, a, in an older age group so you know you, you want to see your grandkids and so forth but it's sure. dangerous to do it 
Sure, and I think there's another thing that's not been mentioned as well, Frank, is that, you know, the preparation for the fighters. Now, a fighter has to get in that ring and he's got to be 100%. If he's not getting the right sparring, he's not doing the right training, if we go into self-isolation or if we go into isolation, then that's where the problem unfolds. You know, these guys can't go on runs, they can't get the sparring in, so, you know, they're not in you know, fighting fit condition, and again, then you're putting the, you know, that you're putting lives at danger. So that that could be an underlining problem as well. Well, you're, it, 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 you're absolutely right about that, and it's all the connotations of it, Spence. Is, you know, you know yourself as a fighter, the training, but you've you've got to spar with people. Mm. So every, you know, so you've got to be in the gym. They've closed all gy- all gyms down, public gyms. So let's sure. assume that you get somewhere, that in that gym you're going to make sure that everybody's being tested on a daily basis. And it's not just, you know, you've got your sparring partners, you've got your seconds, you've got the guys who are working with you, your conditioners. So it's a team. It's not just mm. one individual. So all those people have got to make sure that they're, they, you know, they, they've not got the, uh, the virus. And it's, you know, and, 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 and again, you may get to a situation where you're putting a, an event on, but, um, you know, a couple of days before someone catches it and it just mm. all falls apart. So it's quite, it's quite a risk. It has to be done under real strict, strict um, conditions. There's no yeah. doubt about that. It's going to be very strict how it's done. Frank, how do you think mm. it'll work in, in practical terms as well? Do you think once everyone gets you all clear and they're clear to box, do you think then the bouts will be arranged for six weeks further down the line? I mean, have you thought about that? Well, no, I, I think, you know, as I say, at the moment, no. I mean, we, you know, in an ideal world, you can... In an ideal world, you can look at all the various options, but until he, I mean, we could, we've got, for example, we've got we've made a fight between um, uh, Herring and Carl Frampton. Yeah. Now we were intending to put that on in June. We can't even announce that. You know, we were hoping by June, naively by June, it would we'll be over this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hoping you know something will go on, but we, we you know, we intend to put. It, but you can't put the event on sale, so we're we're just holding off. Sure. Um, in, you know, to, before we even before we even put anything on sale, because who in their right mind at the moment is going to buy a ticket for a fight? Mm. You know, then they got they got. First of all, most people are not working, so they're not got the yeah. income. But the other side of it is, you know, are they going to put? Are they going to spend money not knowing? You know, what's going to happen? Yeah. But yeah. I think you know, hopefully something happens quite quickly that enables us to to be to able to you know to to, to put to put the events on. Sure. Mm. Um, what are you doing to uh, pass the boredom of uh, isolation, Frank? Are you uh, catching up on all the old fights that you keep posting on uh, your oh. uh, your YouTube feed, mate? <laughs> well, you know, I've been doing a bit of that. Um, what am I doing? I've been listening to a bit of music, um, watching some films, catching up on all the films that I've missed lately. Um, I've been playing Scrabble. I've been reading books and basically bored out my brains. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, Frank, well, it, was all right, it was all right. It was all right to start with for yeah. like about a day. Then, like everybody, you sort of think, Jesus, this is too much. So now I'm now I'm I'm, I'm starting to do a bit of wine tasting. So by the end of this, I'll probably have a strawberry nose and be pissed as a fart. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I like that bit you said about the wine tasting. If I'm honest, Frank, that seems the only appealing thing to me. <laughs> You mentioned it, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it, mate. <laughs> you got to keep going. You've got to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. 
For those for those that don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it boosts your immune system. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, on Frank's YouTube channel uh, earlier on, they had uh, Naz versus Kevin Kelly on there. You can add in full, which was brilliant. And tomorrow, I think it's Bruno against McCall, so you can have a little bit of a nausea nice. on there. So if you want some retro fights, uh, get yourself stuck in. Uh, listen, Frank, just before we let you go, we've just been having a little bit of a chat about um, obviously Tyson's this story about Tyson and the farmer and what have you. What's your take on it? Because we've obviously it's come to fruition of of, of the, over the last week and what have you. And we've just been having a little bit of a chinwag about it. It'd be good to get your take. What are you thinking? Well, I'm a bit, you know, I'm, I think you've got to look, first of all, how it all came about. You know, it's last, last Friday, not this Friday, gone, the last Friday, that um, I got a call about five, six o'clock in the evening from a reporter from the Mail to, saying they intended to run the story, which eventually they did. But unbeknownst to them, I'd already received a letter back in, I thought it was October. In fact, it was last last September from the farmer saying that, you know, that he'd lied under oath and he, he shouldn't have done it, but, you know, he didn't get paid to do it and all this rubbish. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking at a, a letter coming from a, a, a man who's, if he's telling the truth now, committed perjury in signing affidavits. He said basically what he's saying. He, you know, he didn't get paid, but he wants some money, which is, you know, he's blackmailed to me. Yeah. Um, Anyway, eventually, uh, you know, he was told to get one. Get, if you've got a problem, and remember, I weren't involved with Tyson at that stage, so I couldn't, I couldn't, um, you know, couldn't comment on it. I comment what happened at the time, so I wasn't there. But what, what he did, what was in there? He said he kept mentioning ty, ty, Team Fury. And I don't know who Team Fury Fury was. And anyway, you know, he, he was told to go and if he had a problem, go and report it to. Um, uh, UCAD, the, the drug testing agency in this country, um, he obviously didn't do that. Um, and remember, this is five years, nearly five years after the event. He didn't do that. What he did, he went to a newspaper. And he's obviously done that to get a few quid. I'd be very surprised if they they ran that story for no money. I'd be mm-hmm. very, very surprised. And obviously, silly season came into being because all the all the sport got cancelled. So suddenly they've got to fill up their pages, and I think the Mail did about six six pages, six and a half pages on it, which, you know, tells you they've got no football, no other sport mm. going on, no horse racing and so forth. Um, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, in fact, he's taken him five years to get to, if he's telling the truth now, that's a massive if, if he's telling the truth, to, to, to prick his conscience conscience but he didn't go to the authorities he went to a newspaper mm-hmm. and all he's been fishing around for is for money because mm. that's that's how it is and the question i asked the journalist when he rang me for the mail you know i said who's team fury you know who is it mm. who did he give the who who did he did the who did he do the deal with number one and number two who offered him the money because mm. i can't comment on that was it tyson no it wasn't tyson didn't even know him mm. He's never, he's never met, he, he's never been to his, his farm or anything. So it, it certainly wasn't Tyson. And, I, you know, and I've got to think, you know, I don't even know if there was anyone because he doesn't even know if he's telling the truth now after lying. Um, so if he can't, you know, the fact they've not named, no one's been named um, from, from so-called Team Fury. I mean, you know yourself, Spence, on the, yeah. you've got to fight at that level especially like in the heavyweights, they've got like, you know, probably 10, 12, or sometimes on the fight, 20 people around, depends sure. on the level of the fight. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, he's already 
you know, it, it, that that thing was all settled by by um, UCAD. It was all done and dusted, and Tyson spent two years out the ring um, as a result of it. And you know, obviously, it was. Uh, so I, I don't know where I don't even know where they where anyone goes with this. I just think it's 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 obviously been um, something that uh, they've tried very hard from the newspaper point of view to try and. Uh, you know, turn it into something that I don't believe it is, and they're relying on a, on a, on a, on a confessed liar mm-hmm. yeah. for their story. So I don't, you know, Ty, I know that Tyson's, you know, and I believe what Tyson said. He has never met this guy. Um, he doesn't know him, and uh, it is what it is. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see you know what happens in time. But I, I, I'm not too. He's not concerned, and I'm certainly not too concerned about it. Yeah. Cheers, Frank. Thanks for joining us on the show. What uh, wine are you testing tonight? Is it a red? Is it a white? Where, where, whereabouts in the world are you? Um, I was actually, I, I, I was actually down in France um, earlier. Well, my mind was. I had my eyes closed and I was thinking about France. And I tell you, what, if I'd done it to the nearest time, boy, you'd have been in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let, you, get, I'll let, I'll let we, you get back to it then. You yeah, we give you, we give you a call in an hour, Frank. <laughs> give you a call in an hour. Yeah, that's right, boy. <laughs> we get the old lady. That's it. <laughs> One man that's always got a smile on his face is Dillian White. He joined us on the show to talk about his upcoming fight, which hasn't actually been called off yet, with Alexander Povetkin. Listen, having watched you on uh, social media yesterday, mate, I fancy having a go on that computer game against you, pal. You know what I mean? You had a little bit of a losing streak yesterday, didn't you? You were having a little uh, bit of a mate, little bit of trouble. You know what's funny is I've been beating these guys for years, and then, well, you know what? All champions have to fall at some point. <laughs> Spence, what you like on the old computer games? My dad used to say that the way you fall is the way you get up. Do you know, do you know what? <laughs> computer games was not my forte, mate, if I'm totally honest, man. I used to be all right at the old golf years ago. Hey, yeah. Spence, you, were born in the, you were born in 1951. That's Listen, no, 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 what was it called? Tetris, wasn't it? Was it Tetris? Was it Tetris? You remember the little bats? There was no computer. There was no computer. The, the, no. <laughs> he still play, Dillian, he's still playing noughts and crosses, mate. That's where he's at. I know. Listen, man. <laughs> I, listen, I'm a no, I'm a monopoly guy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, obviously, at the moment, your fight is still on. It's not been called off. Um, May, May yeah. the 2nd against Povetkin. What's the preparation like for that? Because every everybody around you, all the fights around you are being called off and being removed and what have you. Yours hasn't as of yet. So what's the preparation, preparation like? Preparation is what is. A you as a pro, you just got to be professional and prepared to the best best of your ability, the best way you can, really, and just trying to get on with it, man. You know, obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the world at the minute, you know, a lot more important things than boxing at the minute is going on in the world. So I, I, I'm just, just trying to stay focused, trying to prepare. You know, I've got a job to do, and I'm just going to be professional about it and just keep training like, you know, like the fight is, is, is still happening and it's still going to happen. So I'm just training for May 2nd, really. You know, as a pro, you're just as training as accordingly. It's not if, if something goes wrong or if you get injured or whatever. So I just I've just been getting on with it and being a proper professional and just keep going, you know. I don't know if uh, the the boys know this story. I, I'd like to share it on air. I remember you working with us. Uh, I think it was um, on the night that Povetkin knocked out uh, David yes. Price. And you were commentating with us. You were ringside. Check this out, lads. Right. So he's he's working with me. He's there. He's the he's the co-commentator on the on the show. Right. We're middle of the fight. 
the, f- the knockout happens, Dillian clears off. He just stands up, clears off. <laughs> I'm, look- I'm, I'm looking around thinking, where's he gone? He's in Povetkin's corner calling him out. He's, he's, he's over there trying to start a fight straight I away. Remember going, that. I remember that. Me and you, let's get it on. Do you remember that, Dill? No, you know what it is? Listen, David Price, he's one of those fighters and countrymen that you have a lot of sympathy for. You know, mm. not that I feel sorry for him. He's just one of those guys you want to see him do well. And he was one of the first guys that started to spar with him again to boxing. I used to fight in his undercard, was under the same stable. And he was flying at one stage. And he's one of those guys, you just want to see him do well. You know what I mean? He, you know, and he's, he's always been so close. And he's a good guy. David Price is a good guy. No one's ever got anything bad to yeah, say about him. Absolutely. You know, when you see him get knocked out like that, I was a bit like, I was a bit, I felt a bit bad because I know his family. I know, I know his wife and I know his dad and stuff. So I, was, I felt a bit bad, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I'd love to get hold of this guy and and and, and give it to him, get one back to my country, man. man. Um, Were you getting the opportunity? You've got the opportunity now to get one back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. Listen, yeah, but but no, no, it's personal now because it's me and him now. It wasn't personal before. Dillian, can I just ask you, how, do, how does it work in, in, in practical terms now, you preparing for a fight? I mean, with, with all this social distancing that's come in, I mean, are you, are you still in the gym? Are you still sparring? I mean, what, what, what measures have you, have you put in place to, you know, to try and be careful you, about getting too close to people? Is it, is it difficult to manage? You, you know what? No one knows the ins and outs of this, this thing, what's going on. No one really knows the full ins and out of what's going on or, or dangerous it is or, mm. or, or bad it is or risk is going to get so I, I just trying to crack on man I just, mm. you know we can do one of two things live our life in fear and isolation and panic and go crazy or we can just try and be careful and sensible mm. and try and get on with life and I just I just, um, I just try and get on with my life man you know because the world has seen worse a crisis than this before you know I don't know like I said I'm not an expert but us people and humans, we've been through worse things than this before, and we got on and we got through it. So people need to be a bit more positive, a bit more upbeat, and just get on with life. You can't stop life because there's a tragedy going on or whatever. You have to mm. be positive because one negativity begets another negativity, you know. So you have to try and be positive and just try and just get on it. I've just been trying to stay focused because I can sit in my, in my house and be negative and be, uh, you know, I just try and be positive and hopefully few people see and being positive and get motivated for me as well and try and do something. If the gym is closed, go and run outside or go and do something. So I'm just trying to do the same thing, man. Mm. Is, is your gym still still open, Dillian? And, and are there people still training in, in, in the gym? You know, I, 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 I know things are going to get bad at home. So I, I, I saw we were, I came out to Portugal to do my training camp. I've mm. got a little setup over here. Yeah, There's a few people in and around the gym, obviously. I probably got about 15 people here with me at the minute, training partners, coaches and stuff. So, you know, there's a few people in and out of the gym. So we just keep it low-key, wipe the machines down, disinfect it, try and train. You know, everyone try and walk, everyone was going to wash their hands and stay healthy. And I just try to eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of greens, take a lot of vitamins, top up vitamin C and vitamin D and stuff like that, because that's one of the main things that fight against cold and boost your immune system. So... Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, this is a flu virus, so mm. I just keep my immune system top top and, 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 and keep clean. Have you thought about the possibility think, of fighting in uh, behind closed doors with no fans in an arena? Hey, like I said, whoever won it can get it anytime, anywhere, man. I, I, you know, 
me and Stoven won and won the fights anyway, so <laughs> this is me and the guy and the referee. And <laughs> We're going old school. school. We, we can have it. Do you know what? You are totally old school, though, aren't you? I mean, I've never... Like you, is there anyone out there that you actually, like, sort of fear a little bit? Because it seems like you want to fight. Every single, like, person that you fight is possibly the most dangerous opponent you could you could fight. And with what you're putting on the line, you're WBC interim champion, mandatory challenger, and you go and pick a fighter like Povetkin, who's coming off a good draw against Michael Hunt the last time out, and, you, you know, he's a guy that... Most people would say he's the chairman of the Who Needs Him, Who Wants Him club, and if you only fight him if you have to, but nah, Dillian White wants him. He picks him, and you and you pull it on the line every time, man. I think that's why people are loving you so much. You see my career. Listen, I'm still a novice. People think, oh, I'm well experienced. I'm still not experienced. You see my career from the start. You see where he's to go up on spa. You know, these guys spent. You see them all my career is and what happened, you know, so... I'm still learning, and for me to fight these guys, it's all a part of the learning process. It's a big learning process, and I need to, um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still very inexperienced, so I have to fight these guys. No point in me fighting these journeymen, but I'm not learning anything. Mm. I'm not improving. I need fights that's going to get my juices flowing. Fights are going to get me excited. Yeah. Fights are going to get me a little bit of edge. Fights are going to make me run the extra laps, throw the extra punches in training, go to sleep a little bit early, you know what I mean? Not the fights I'm thinking, I don't care about this. You, you know what I mean? You know, so, so so these are the kind of fights that get me in that mental state and, and, and get me in the best shape physically and mentally. So there's no point in me. Sometimes it's more dangerous taking these keep busy fights than taking proper fights. You know, mm. I've learned that from experience. I never really look good in keep busy fights. I know it's that primarily in my career. I always look better in the, in the in the harder fights, the better fights, the fights that I'm meant to lose, the fights that I'm the underdog, and it's the one I've had my best performance in. Well, in the meantime, whilst you're preparing for this, can you uh, obviously keep updating your uh, your Instagram with these ridiculous videos that you keep putting up? The Coogan Cassius one the other day that had me in hysterics with the roses <laughs> on the bed. That was a good one. Obviously, we've seen the Andy Ruiz one today. So whatever you've got, <laughs> whatever you whatever you got lined up, keep them coming, man. I'm enjoying it. No, you know what, listen, you know, in this time, I, I just, I, you know, I always try and make people smile if I can. I always try and, you know, I just try and, listen, I just try and, people take life too serious sometimes, yeah. you know, and you don't know when you're going to, when you're, when, when, when you're built, when, when it's going to be a time, man. So I just try and just have a laugh. I don't take myself too seriously. I don't act like I'm anything special. I just try and just enjoy, enjoy the time, try and make people laugh, try and, Trying to have a bit of fun with it, man, because no point in just taking this all too seriously and act like, oh, I'm a big scary headweight. No one cares about that. You know, just just, try, just be a normal guy, have a bit of fun, you know, make people laugh, show people respect, and just get through life, man. That, that's all this can be, you know. Now, time for a little bit of light relief. I bet you when you tuned into this today, you never thought that you would hear a former super middleweight champion of the world singing country and western songs, did you? No. Well, he's doing it on a regular basis on the Pound for Pound podcast with Spencer Oliver and Jake Wood. And with those boys being on the show with me at the weekend, we thought we'd get Carl Frotch to come and join us and have a bit of a laugh. I want to just be a fan. I want to shut up. I'm going to step back from my program, throw it over to you boys. And take it away. This is this is this is basically pound for pound live. Yeah, this is what we're doing, aren't we? Yeah. Well, well, well. Carl is an, an integral part of the podcast, Adam. Um, if, if if ever we don't have Carl on, we get complaints. 
Um, so, so Carl does a, a section every week. Carl Frotch's fascinating fact of the week, yeah, uh, in which he, he, he gives us some really fascinating facts. He does. He? he does. He's he, full of them. He's absolutely full of them. The flat Earth <laughs> is one of the one of the all time great ones. As yeah, there was well, no no moon landing. That was all done in the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The um, Mona Lisa had no eyebrows. <laughs> Didn't all knew that? Who knew that? Yeah. I mean, I never noticed that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he comes out with some absolute classics. Yeah, you can't them. buy Coca-Cola in Cuba or North Korea. No. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we'll get... And Should we just give it a bit of background as well? The, the podcast this week, we, mm. we called Carl, didn't we? Yes. And we weren't recording at the time, but Carl had his guitar. Yes. And was <laughs> And played us a couple of tunes. Well, yeah, he did. So his son, his son Rocco's learning to play the guitar. Cole said he can play the guitar a little bit, and he said, which we didn't know, which we didn't know. Yeah, and he very kindly dropped us a tune, <laughs> and that, that now did a bit of Tracy Chapman, bit, bit of Tracy Chapman, bit of Johnny Cash, yeah, Johnny Cash, and um, yeah, and he does it, and it was, and, and what people have got to recognise is that Cole is having a laugh here, and he's doing it because <laughs> a lot of people take Cole too seriously, and actually he's not a serious guy. You just never know when he's joking around or when he's being serious. But he is a really cool guy, and he done that for us. And we said, would you play it? Would you do a tune on the podcast? Yeah, and he done it. Now, do, you, do you think he'll do a tune live on Talk Sport? That's the question. Well, we're sort of going to put it on him because <laughs> yeah. he, I don't think he was that keen on doing it when we no, asked him earlier. No, he called him earlier, Adam, and he was a little bit reticent, I think is the word. Was he? To oh, do it uh, on live live national radio. Yeah. Well, is he, is he here now? Carl, come yeah. on, son. Come on. How you doing, boys? Hey, yes, <laughs> hey! <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. What's this line like? I've got a little bit of buzz in here, but if you're all good... Then no, it's it. perfect. It's absolutely oh, good, perfect. Good, I mean, good. your voice sounds brilliant, mate. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm a lyrics man usually, but the um, the music came naturally, so <laughs> put together, and that's what you get. Is, have you got your guitar, boxing, Carl? I took boxing as a career choice. Can you yeah. Well, well, what was that? Well, you, you could have easily gone down <laughs> another path. After you played that tune on the podcast, with a bit of Johnny Cash. I mean, we recognise some real talent there, mate. I thought I was going to um, hear a little bit there, and thankfully you didn't um, upset the listeners with my um, my horrific voice. But no, it's a good laugh, isn't it? We had a laugh. Yeah, we certainly Johnny did, Cash. mate. Who don't look, love a bit of Johnny Cash? Well, I think the I think the listeners would certainly love a little bit of Johnny Cash if you was um, if you was sort of had a guitar hand. You're always keen to go a little bit. You're trying to you're trying to push me, aren't you? You're trying to push me into the um, what, what, the realms well, of the unknown on live radio. Well, Carl, what we got to do, right? We're on national radio. What we got to do is, that, you know, you know the times that we're going through at the moment, and there's you know there's a lot of uncertainty out there. There's a lot of people getting sick, and we need to pick the spirits up. That's why we've been brought on here to pick the spirits up, a bit of light-hearted stuff, have a little bit of fun. And I said, you know what? I dropped your name and I said, Carl Frotch will come on. And I said, he will make people smile. I said, I'll tell you why he make people smile. Because he does a blinding Johnny Cash. He's only having a little bit of fun. And I know he'll pick the spirits of the nation up. I mean, well, I can't build it your, up any more than that. We talked about your podcast earlier, didn't we? Pound for Pound. The second best boxing podcast on the um, radio. <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes now. <laughs> Good. Although, Frotch on fighting, of course. That's right. <laughs> there, you That's go, right. there you go. With Darren Fletcher and the Cobra. Yes. But yeah, you've got a little, you've got a little piece on there, haven't you? With the um, fascinating facts of the week. Yeah, we have. People enjoy. Which people love. This have you got? Any, have you yeah. got any more facts, Carl? Have you got any more facts that you could drop us on? Drop, drop well, on I was thinking about recording you a new, um, a new intro to the fascinating facts. Well, that would be that would be lovely if you could do so. I mean, we've only just found recently found out this this hidden talent of this of this singing cobra. Yeah. 
Who you know, this, actually this... records the current one that you've got? That, the current one's actually recorded by Ricky Wold, uh, Mr. Ricky Wold, um, yeah, who's, who's right, a good yeah. friend of ours. And, and Yeah, Kim uh, Wold, Kim Wold's brother. He wrote Kids right, in America okay. and all that. Yeah, he's pretty I mean, we're, good, not, we, we're not small fry, Carl. We, we, you yeah. know, we only deal with the best, mate. Yeah, well, you, you should have come to me if you wanted to record. <laughs> <laughs> so what have well, you got? Have you written a new a new, uh, new jingle? Well, I've got a couple of demos. I don't know if you built so I've got one on, on record, but I don't know if the sound quality is good enough here to pick it up. Yeah, so go on, yeah. Can, yeah. Let's see if we can try it, yeah. This is amazing. World exclusive now, boys and girls. World yeah. exclusive. Here we go. Can you hear that? Yeah. You picking that up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My granddad comes from Poland. I bought in front of 80,000. <laughs> <laughs> that front just comes back of the week. Yeah! 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 There you go. Oh, right. We're going to have to use that. Yeah, it's pretty good the podcast. But we'll get there. Wait, listen, <laughs> I never knew that, mate, about the 80,000. <laughs> you never knew that, did you? <laughs> Brilliant. It just um, keeps going, doesn't it? It's like it's like the the Irishman walked into a bar joke. It's just it's like just it's so so common now. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. But though no, I've um, I've been listening to your show. It's been interesting. It's been good. Yeah, brilliant. Who was the promoter you had on earlier? Who, um, Dennis Hobson. Dennis Hobson. Yeah. You know what? I didn't get it on before you introduced him, and I thought I recognise his name. And I couldn't put. A, he was sort of. I never obviously met him properly. Mm. I met him a couple of times, but never met him properly. Mm. Um, yeah, great guy, Dennis. Um, Hennessy then. I was over to Eddie Hearn when I finished in the Super Six. I met up with Eddie Hearn and got back on Sky, didn't I? And then finished my career. Mm. Mm. Are you missing it? boxing, Carl? Um, obviously, everything's up in the air at the moment, and we don't know when it will be back on. Are you sort of? Are you? Um, what's your feelings about the situation? How do you mean this? The, this COVID virus? Yeah. Coronavirus. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all a bit strange, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's just really, really unprecedented, like thing to be happening I'm trying to explain to my kids Rocco's nine my two daughters Natalia and Penelope are like six and four mm. and she's like saying coronavirus coronavirus that's why we can't go out my, my four year old so mm. it's like I just try and play it all down and just just try and just get them to relax on that but they know they're not going back to school for a few weeks they don't know how long it's going to be so yeah. we're just trying to get into the rhythm I mean it's literally they only broke up Friday but we're, we're already set out in the dining room to have that as a as a school class Sure. Getting all the work ready. We're going to give them some structure, get up, have breakfast, and then don't give them any lunch until lunchtime. <laughs> and don't just let them go in and out of the cupboards eating, yeah. eating whatever they want all day. So, we're, yeah, we're, we're thinking about it. But it's a, it's a daunting thought to yeah. think that we've got a home school and everything's on hold. And mm. even B&Q's closed. What am I supposed to do when B&Q's <laughs> closed? Exactly. <laughs> hey, do you know what, Carl? I've got to say as well, oh, yeah. I, saw, I saw a post of you <laughs> earlier on. And... Um, People that don't know you, you like to do a lot of your manual work at home yourself, don't you? you, you oh, I love it in the garden, love it, love well, it. But I'm in the building trade, you see. I, if I if I pay someone to come in and, and and do something like I don't know some joinery work or some tiling oh. or something, and it's not right, I'm just a bit of a pain. I'm a little bit anal like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm a snagger master. So I'll have my snagger <laughs> snag and I'll be like, but, but what you... are you doing? That's four mil out. That cornice on the bottom of that that plinth. <laughs> I can't, I can't sleep. We've got a two mil tolerance on the Cobras then. Yeah, but we've got four mil tolerance. That, that so. could be pay per view, Cole. You, uh, you doing a bit of uh, well, well, I saw the, some tiles up. I saw the Cobra down a hole digging, and I mean, I was doing a fantastic job digging the trenches. I mean, you, you, oh, you're yeah, doing it all, mate. 
Well, we plan to plan to two hundred um, beach beach hedging between between mine and my neighbours because we've we've split a paddock at the back of my house. Have you fallen out? We got of in there and bought it before any builders got it, and we we just like extended our our land at the back of our house. I've got like a small wood at the back of my house. When I was a kid, my dad used to take me to Collet Woods and we used to build a rope swing and and start a little fire, a little campfire, and cook some beans in a tin. I can remember some fond memories as a, as a child oh, and shooting wow. my pellet gun. Yeah. Um, you know, like at, at targets and that, and it's just like you can't do that anymore mm. because of sure. rules and regulations. And now I've got this bit at the back of my house. I'm, I'm building little fires. I've got my little man shed up. My kids are on the rope swing. I climbed up this big. I tell you what, I was frightened getting this rope up this tree. I had a big double extended ladder. Yeah. And I got this rope swing on this massive branch. But now we have loads of fun. And to be outside and and to be like in the wilderness and you see a lot of the wildlife of rabbits around there's a, there's a deer came down the other week and it's just it's just amazing so it's, it's just great to be outside especially now when you're kind of stuck indoors yeah yeah um it's yeah. a real privilege to be able to go outside and actually spend two or three hours but no i'm always hands-on i do a lot like you say you saw me digging them trenches the other day and getting them get them beach hedging in why why um why get somebody else in to do a job that you can do yourself when you've got time on your hands that's, yeah, that's sure. my philosophy and if i'm outside digging and Breathing in fresh air, it's better than sitting down, eating, and watching the television. As far as I'm concerned, mm, that's fair point. Listen, Carl, with the with the homeschooling that's going on, obviously, that you've got planned now. Are you doing the CDT? Are you doing the crafts? Are you doing the uh, music lessons as well for the kids? Are you in charge of all that? Yeah, well, my son Rocco plays the guitar, and I'm, I've always yeah. been keen on the guitar because my my step granddad Brian used to play as a little one man band in the pubs when I grew up. So I grew up in pubs from about the age of 13, 14, I think I was. We got our first pub in Newark. My mum was a licensee, so. I was always really impressed with the guitar, and I could never, as you know, I can't sing. <laughs> I have a little go. But I love the guitar. I think it's a fantastic instrument. Most instruments are. I play a little bit of the piano when yeah. I can. We're going to get one. We're going to get one for my daughter, Natalia, because she's really, she's kind of into it. She plays her friends quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, who doesn't like music? Who wouldn't? Mm. You ask anyone, who, would you like to be able to play the guitar? I'm sure you would, because Absolutely, to be yeah. able to play an instrument is brilliant. It's fantastic. So I've got Rocco doing stuff that I never I actually got round to doing. So um, mm. I've been learning Spanish for about four or five years. Um, so the kids are all learning Spanish on this Spanish app we've got. We have a tutoring once a week. It gives us time to play a bit more music and just, I don't know, spend a bit more time together. I was drawing mm. today, doing a bit of arts and crafts and kind of getting into the swing of things. So... This this um, unprecedented virus that's that's hit the country or hit the world is kind of um, hopefully bringing bringing people together or families together um, yes, for the better and you yeah. spend a little bit more time some quality time mm -hmm. but I'm sure in in four or five weeks people will be going stir crazy and it's going to yeah. be it's going to be testing time for a lot of people. That's why we need you, Carl. That's why that's we need you uh, entertaining. Homeschool, homeschooling with Carl Frights. That's what oh, we need. We need that on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Yeah, I'll give you a little tune any time. As long as the <laughs> listeners can bear it, Absolutely. we'll have a laugh. We'll we, put something together. We should create a band, maybe. You know, we should perhaps we should all get together and create a little band there. Mm. Imagine that Adam Catchell in the back playing the drums and we got Frosty up the front, me and you just shaking the maracas or something. Yeah, we need a lead vocalist. I'll play the guitar, but we need a vocalist. We'll find one, we'll find one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Dominic Ingall's quite a good, you know, keeping it with the boxing team. Yeah. He, he yeah. He's got a few vocals. He's not right, we'll get him on. That we'll get him on. That's it. There you go. Yeah, you can see it. I like, I like listening to him. Brilliant. <laughs> Cole, Brilliant. Top man. Thanks Cole, for joining us this evening, mate. mate. Take care. You done it? Am I going? You done with it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sing us out, Carl? You can I sing us out if you like. Started. Give us a, I thought he was going to ask me some boxing questions or give me some more. What's, no, no, no. I started a warmer. We only wanted you to sing. Thanks for me on, boys. Always a pleasure. You know that. Listen, do you want to sing us out, Carl? A little bit of Johnny Cash or something? 
Do you want a bit of Johnny Cash, do you? Yeah, no, yeah, you don't yeah, need Johnny on. Cash. You've heard the Johnny Cash before. Well, do you yeah, go on, you know, but the nation hasn't. You've heard, you don't need to wear the Johnny Cash again. Come on, give us a, just a little bit, just a couple of lines. There we go. This is what we came for. Are you picking that up? Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Go for it. What have I got? Let's have a look. <laughs> just in case you're tuning in, this is Carl Frotch singing Live on TalkSport. Told you it was well worth waiting for. How funny was that? Now to finish off, we're gonna give you three fights to go and check out on YouTube this week. Obviously, there's no live sport on at the moment, so you're probably scouring uh, for retro fights, nostalgic fights, trips down memory lane. And we had a little bit of a chat about our three favourite fights that we recommend for you to check out this week. What should you be watching whilst we've no live fights? Let's take them on a little bit of a history trip. Boys... I think, we, I think we've got a little bit of production for this. I'm just going to let the production do all the talking for me. I'll go first. This is mine. Well, when they see this, there's a huge cheer from the American fans here and, of course, from the Brits. I think they like a showman. They certainly do. And they get one with Nazim Hamed. Puts on a great show. And I think this is what people have wanted to see. This, it's been a curiosity out here. What is he going to bring differently? And I think he's going to show it now. Kelly's got the centre of the ring behind the jab, dominating at this stage. Well, he's picking holes in Nassim Hamid here. And you'd have to say at this moment, oh, look at that move! Look at that move! Right hand from Hamid! He's always got the power. Big right, Hamid. And another little hook. That might not be the end of it. Kelly bounces up. The count is at six. He's done for the second time in the round. Is he going to make it? No, he doesn't. He's knocked out. It is over. And Prince Nassim Hamid... Well, the American dream does take off for him after it looked so dodgy for so long. I know it's only a short one, boys, right? mm. <laughs> but what a fight. That was his American fight. debut. I've, Unbelievable. I've his American t- debut against Kevin Kelly. It's four, it's four rounds of absolute mayhem. The ring won't last longer than the fight. Go and watch it because it's an absolute firecracker. Well, I, I, I think there was a problem with the pyrotechnics, Adam. Yes, um, that's right. For, that's right, yeah. For Naz, wasn't there? So he stood oh. waiting there for, like I think, about five minutes. And yeah. Kevin Kelly's in the ring and he jumps on the ropes. He's like, where are you? Do you know, and, uh, yeah, the atmosphere in, in Madison Square Garden that night was it, incredible. It was the whole week from when Naz got off the plane. Things weren't going right for him. Press conferences were going wrong. He was really upset. He was rattled. And he didn't. He was argue, arguing with Brendan Ingle. He, he was arguing in the gym. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they set the gym up wrong for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the publicly in front of the cameras as well. It was yeah. really embarrassing. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. And um, yeah, and what a dramatic fight, man! Both oh. guys were on the floor. Kevin Kelly, by the way, was considered the perfect opponent for him because he was a, a superstar of the sport, but considered probably a year past his best. Mm, but he yeah. proved he still had a lot left in there. Oh, he was tough, wasn't he? Tough. Wow, tough he pushed. Guy, he pushed Naz. But Naz, for me, by the way, is one of the greatest 
fighters from Britain ever to have yeah. stepped through the ropes, if not the best. Now, I sparred Naz. And you, you were going to fight him. That was I always was. the plan, wasn't I it? I was. Right? That was the plan. And, I, and we sparred many rounds together, you know, through the years from when we boxed for Young England and when what, I was like 13 right through to when we was 17. And what was that like, Spencer? What was what was, what was was Prince Nassim like in the ring? It was it was like boxing a box of meals. He was very slippery. <laughs> very slippery. <laughs> he was like, you'd throw a shot and he would be standing behind you and you'd just think, oh, how's yeah. he done that? It wow. was like, yeah. It was so a, unorthodox, wasn't it? So unorthodox, yeah. It was a mm. great fight. A great, great choice, by the way, Adam. A lot, a lot of people um, my age, your age, growing up in the late eighties, nineties, yeah, Tyson and the Eubanks and the and the Benz of this world, but Naz is the one that probably mm. captured a lot of people's imaginations, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. Um, Jake, what have you got for us? What's uh, what's the fight that you're uh, pointing people towards this week? Listen, it's got to be Mike Tyson versus Trevor Burbick. I'm going back to 1986. I was 14 years old. I watched it live on ITV. It's when Tyson uh, first won the WBC World Heavyweight title, uh, knocked Burbick out in round two. Tyson was aged only 20 years old, the youngest heavyweight champion in the history of the sport. If you don't remember it, it's the one where Trevor Burbick gets clipped and he's walking around like Bambi on ice. He just can't, he can't get his feet under him. He's trying to get back to back to his feet and he just can't do it it's one of the most iconic moments in, in any boxing ring, ring for my money it's a uh, yeah incredible moment and Tyson would go on to have an incredible career I think he made nine defences before that loss to Buster Douglas in 1990 and actually when he lost to Buster Douglas in 1990 Tyson was still only 23 years yes. old Adam can you believe that jeez man here let, come on let's, 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 get the, let's get the magic out take a listen to this wow Undisputed as well. I think all three yeah. uh, at the time the WBO wasn't what class as one of the major belts, wasn't it? No. But uh, IBF, WBC, and WBA were all mm. on there. Incredible, undisputed champion man. Wow, yeah, I remember that that clearly as well. He was uh, only twenty years of age. Can you believe he only had a peak, Mike Tyson, of about eighteen months, where he, that, that Tyson mania. That guy was become more famous than the American president at the time. Mm. Everybody yeah. knew of this guy, and he had this incredible backstory of when he was ten or eleven, knocking out men. You know. The, that were, were trying to rob his family, and it's just a crazy story. And yeah, it was it was a mad journey, and I I remember that very fondly of Tyson, you know, winning that title so young. Look at that, right? So I've gone one four rounds, you've gone one two rounds. <laughs> Spence, what's this? Is this a one punch knockout that you're going for? What are you going for, mate? No, listen, mate. I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to go for one with three rounds. That's what I'm going to do. Nice. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what it was. It was in 1985. Marvin Hagler versus Thomas Hines. I was ten years of age. Best three when, rounds of boxing when, ever. 
I, it was the best three rounds of boxing. And this is what really inspired me to want to become a boxer because I was like messing around in the gym. I started boxing at a very young age. I was seven or eight when I started going to the gym. But this is what really first caught my eye. I remember my dad sitting there telling me what a great fight this was going to be. And I just grew up wanting to be Marvin Hagler, a guy that ended up having a career of 67 wins with, um, sorry, 67 fights, 62 wins, yeah. 52 KOs. I mean, this guy really was a phenomenon. He, he come over, he won the world title off Alan Minter. Who remembers that when he won the yeah. world title of Alan Minter and he yeah. was getting booed and they were bottling him on the way out. But the greatest fight that he ever had was against Thomas Hearns. He picked up a cut just before knocking Thomas Hearns out in the, in the third round. A bad cut down the forehead. And um, yeah, the, the finish was spectacular. And I mean, listen, guys, I can build it up as much as I can, but let's <laughs> let's take a little trip down memory lane. Let's, 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 let's remind ourselves what a great fight this was. Fighting out of Detroit, Michigan, weighing 159 and three-quarter pounds, ladies and gentlemen, here is Thomas the Hitman Hearns. And in the blue corner, fighting out of Brockton, Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen, the undisputed middleweight champion of the world, marvelous Marvin Hagler. A more aggressive start by Hagler, looking right for the body. Marvin Hagler only wants the body, he bangs Marvin. Oh, Hans Pim hot him with the right hand, he hot him the right. They said this fight would be determined on heart and the good shin. Right now, that's exactly what it's being determined on. Both men have been hurt. I'm going to put you on the spot here, boys. Who's your favourite king out of the four? Oh, mate. For me, it's, it's, it's a simple one for me, mate. It's Marvin Hagler. I mean, Marvin Hagler for yeah. me was, was a real inspiration. I met Marvin Hagler at Michael Watson's 50th birthday, by the way. Wow. And this blew me away, right? It was Michael Watson's 50th birthday. Me and Michael Watson went through the same injury, so we've become, we become really good friends. Michael pulled, pulled me through some dark times. He, he was a big inspiration to me. And I went up to Marvin Hagler and I said to him, Marvin, I said, it's an absolute honour to meet you. I said, you was a child of the year of mine. And he, turned around and said to me, Spencer, he said, you're a hero of mine. I watched your career and I saw how it unfolded. It blew me away. No I was like, way. I swear on my child's life, that's exactly what he turned around and said to me. And it that's blew amazing. me away. It was like, you, you can imagine how proud, imagine you going up to your idol, your hero, Beautiful. and saying yeah. that, mate. Yeah, I mean, incredible. I still remember the press conference, mate. I remember the press conference word for word after that fight. Like, Marvin Hagler, like, I said to my trainer, I feel good. Good tonight. <laughs> and when I feel good tonight, I know what that meant. 
somebody's got to fall. And I was like, yeah, mate, this guy is, this is, this is like, that was my inspiration and, and what a fight that was and, and one that I'm sure many will agree is um, one of the greatest fights of all time. Yeah. We, hang on, we, we've had Carl Flight singing and now we've had you doing impressions of Marvin Hagler, yeah. mate. We've oh, yeah. gone to oh, the oh, next hold level. On hold, on, hold on a minute, I've got a bit of Tommy Hans as well. I, I see our return. I, I, I did it once before. <laughs> and I can do it again. There you go. <laughs> Check out the Kings. Who, who's your boy? Who, who, who's your man in the out, listen, the out the big four? Listen, before I get to that, Adam, I've got to pay tribute to Ed, our producer, and all the team for putting those clips together. I mean, the hairs yeah, on the back of your neck standing up, and they mm. those absolutely fantastic. Listen, for me, Adam, I've got to go Tyson. He's probably the biggest influence for me boxing wise. He sort of started off my love of boxing, came through Tyson. His, his prolific rise, all of those knockouts and knockout reel yeah. uh, incredible fight I mean we've got a section on the podcast actually that we ask people who would have won a prime Mike Tyson or a prime silverback gorilla and you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people pick Tyson yeah man I well, mean do you know something a gorilla's man, a big you... animal though isn't it yeah, but you got me thinking. When he was between the ages of 18 and 21 years of age 22 years of age mm. like, like Spence was mm. saying that period of time I don't think anything on the planet has stopped him. Well, anything. I, I, don't I, reckon he could I, do, I reckon he could do a T-Rex. I, I reckon he could do a wall, mate. Listen, listen to this. I'll give, I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight to what would happen. Tyson would step in there. The gorilla yeah. would look at him and he'd twitch his head, turn his head from side to side, by which time what Tyson's whacked him with a right hand and an uppercut. He stunned yeah. the gorilla and before the gorilla's got time to retaliate, Tyson's whacked him with another four-punch combination and he's knocked the gorilla out. No, that's rubbish. One of the best podcasts <laughs> we've done, Adam, is um, we had... We had the foremost expert in the world on gorillas. Mm. Now, he spent yeah. time out in the wild with all the gorillas. We spent an hour breaking it down with him. Yeah. And <laughs> and to be fair, he was a bit confused by the end. Well, when I when I put that to him, I said Tyson was in his day, he was a phenomenal man. He said, well, yes, but if the, you know, if the gorilla got hold of Tyson, he'd actually rip his arm off or something. And I was like, okay. I said, yeah, I know, but what if Tyson got to the gorilla first? He's like, well, you know, there's a, there's a possibility. Yeah, it came down the gorillas yeah. aren't that aggressive. That was what it came down. To yeah. win it, <laughs> um, but we've really thought about that question, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm still undecided. I think mm. it's, a, it's a hard one to answer. That if, mm. if we're talking peak Tyson, mate, peak like Tyson, said, yeah. He, yeah, he could he could rumble with the best of them. Yeah. No question you, about that. You'd be amazed at how many of the boxers, and you know, we get some great names on the on the podcast. <laughs> how many of them go with Mike Tyson? It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Mike Tyson would knock out a silverback gorilla. That is that yeah. is pretty special. Yeah, <laughs> but it would take him a couple of combinations to get there. It wouldn't just yeah. do it straight away. Yeah, be... We heard from the expert like the, the gorilla's skull is so thick. Yeah, like he said he, he said he wouldn't feel it. But he said we're Mr. not sure. He said Mr. Tyson may hurt his hands on the gorilla's head. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, late eighties, well, mid to late eighties, and that early nineties period, especially when he stepped in the ring against Frank Bruno, he captured yeah. the imagination of the world. Then, didn't he? Because Absolutely. he was like, you, you just you put, you picked out the Burbick fight. There was the Spinks fight. There was all these yeah. fights that built up towards Tyrell. Tyrell Biggs and, and yeah, Bigland Thomas. I mean, you watch them; they were great fighters. Mm. And absolutely. You, you watched them, and, the and he mowed them all out. He, he mowed them yeah. all out. Yeah. And then, obviously, Frank was our boy. Everybody was behind Frank, wanting him to do the thing. And then he stepped in the ring with Tyson in 1989. Mm. And it was just unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. I'm not sure if, then, if people remember, Adam, that they actually fought twice, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he, he, he regained the WBC Championship off Frank. when yeah. After his incarceration, yeah. Frank had become champion off Oliver McCall, hadn't he? And the, 
and and uh, Mike Tyson got his belt back by yeah. beating Frank. Nin- and, 1996. Yeah, that was, yes, and Frank yeah. actually rocked Tyson in that yeah, fight, by did. the way, as he well. Did. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great memories. So who's your pick of the four, Adam? The gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Three fights, all short and sweet. One two-rounder, one three-rounder, one four-rounder. Go and get yourself stuck into those, and we'll give you some more on work on next week's show. Fingers crossed we'll have some more information on next week's show as to when live sport will be returning. But don't worry, we will be returning on time, as always. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.